Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for hitting that play button for another episode of the Hetty Coleman Podcast. Now, first, I want to say to you that I had so much fun at my first ever Hetty Coleman Podcast meetup, where essentially what I'm trying to do is get people in a room so we can learn from one another, inspire one another, and connect with one another. And that's the reason I have these go-win conversations. That's what this podcast is all about, is that we're able to pull from one another's story, uh, be inspired by them, and connect through these conversations. So the meetup was fabulous. It was it was hosted at a local coffee shop here in my small town, Guthrie, America. We had almost 30, maybe 30, 31 people there. It was just great vibes, people connecting, people talking. And then I did my first ever uh, podcast in front of a live audience. So that was really cool. And I can't wait to share that. Uh, I interviewed, I had a conversation with Phil Nichols. His company also sponsored the event. And so it was just really good. And he has so much good information. Uh, and so I can't wait for you to hear that and learn from him and be inspired by him. And hopefully you connect with him. He's doing some really cool stuff. I love their mission as a company to want to add value to a thousand companies, uh, businesses over the next 10 years. So really cool stuff that they're doing. And I, that's the kind of stuff I want to connect with and partner with because I believe in entrepreneurs. I believe in small businesses. Uh, we need them, especially in, like, I live in a small town. We need those in my town. So Right now, you're getting ready to listen in on a going conversation that I had with James Hodge. This guy is a true entrepreneur, just bleeds it, uh, started when he was really young. But I think you're going to learn a lot of right things to be consistent in if you listen through this whole podcast, um, this conversation with James. So again, James Hodge, he and his wife, entrepreneurs here in the Oklahoma City metro area, get ready for it. It's going to be good. I can't wait for you to leave some comments. Also, subscribe before we jump in this. Subscribe to my channel. Invite your friends and family to subscribe. More subscribers, the better. Here on uh, wherever you're listening, whatever your favorite podcast app. Here on YouTube. Yeah, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. I could use it. Now, ladies and gentlemen. Go in conversation with James Hodge. Yeah! What's up, James? Don't need to look into the... No. Okay. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm well. Good, good. I am well. so glad to have you uh, today on the Hetty Coleman podcast. And so we'll jump right into this. Uh, just give the people a little bit of uh, some highlights from the time you were born to now. Just give some highlights. Give your story to us real quick. Man, one, from the time I was born, that was an experience in itself. <laughs> just, Wasn't it for us all? Just yeah. being born. <laughs> but, uh, so just a little bit about who I am, where I come from, uh, things of that nature. Uh, who I am, I encompass a, a lot of roles from uh, father, uh, husband, entrepreneur, uh, 
just to name a few. Um, I am definitely an entrepreneur. Uh, been that since I was actually a boy. Probably started my first business at nine years old. Okay. Yeah, cutting grass. All right. Uh, so were you uh, like summertime come? You just grab your lawnmower and just go door to door. What did that look like? Initially, uh, <clears throat> initially it started out of necessity, just being able to or need the need to cut my own grass. Okay. Uh, so uh, I had a cousin who gave me a lawnmower. And I, I, that, it was like the lawnmower hit my hands, and next thing I was making money. I was, I started cutting out my family members' yard, uh, and then start walking the neighborhood and uh, cutting the neighbor's yard. Uh, and me, I was born as an entrepreneur, yeah. so immediately I started saving my money up. <clears throat> Went to the pawn shop and bought another lawnmower. And uh, hired the kids in the neighborhood. Get out of here. At nine. That's correct. Now, is this in o- this Oklahoma City? This is right? Oklahoma City. What yeah. part of Oklahoma City? Were you on the east side? East side, side of okay. Oklahoma City. Okay. So, uh, I had all my friends in the neighborhood working for me. Um, I did that from probably nine until 15 uh, or 16. Then I went and got a job, which I should have continued uh, yeah, you, that you entrepreneur. Met, yeah. You should have kept line service. You know, you you live and you learn. It was one of those things that my parents didn't know. Yeah, for sure. They didn't understand that aspect. So he was like, oh, go get a job. I was like, all right. So that's what I did. But Uh uh, I always had some type of hustle in me or hustle going. So it never stopped. Uh, Then... uh, I just continue with other uh, businesses, whether it was selling pagers or <laughs> other electronics. Then uh, at, I guess, uh, oh, I cut her. Okay. Uh, I guess in fifth grade, I started cutting her. And to this day, I still cut her <laughs> whenever I find some time. Or if somebody called me for a haircut, you know, I, yeah. I hustled up a haircut here and there for some gas money. <laughs> Enough money to buy a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I do that. Uh, but no, I, I that was my hustle in uh, high school and college. I actually was able to uh, generate enough uh, money to take care of my uh, weekly needs in college and pay for my brother in college from cutting her. So, wow. Okay. Yeah. And then, so in 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 the in the lawn business, cutting hair business, was it because social media and things that weren't around at that time? Mm-hmm. How did people learn about you? What did that look like? How did, did you build a system on? Okay, I'm cutting hair on Fridays from three to four. Um, yeah. How, how did you go about doing that? <laughs> this is hilarious right here. So, uh, I was cutting all the kids, and like, what happened is I would cut me and my brothers her, uh-huh. uh, and people would ask me, "Hey, man, who cut y'all's her?" And I, me, and so word of mouth. That's that's really what my advertisement was uh, coming up. It was just word of mouth. What happened is I began to cut a lot of uh, kids her in school, and I would cut their hair during school hours. Like, I would actually get, it was crazy. Looking at it now, it was the craziest thing. Like, I would actually get a pass from my teachers to go cut her. And I would cut her for about three hours a day. 
Where were y'all doing it at? In the bathrooms, in the classrooms, where just wherever. Like I would even cut the teachers' hair. It was <laughs> it's crazy. I look at it now. I'm like, man, this is crazy. Like I would literally be cutting her in the class while the teacher was teaching. Or yeah. now, was your drive during this time? Was it just solely to make money? Did you appreciate the art of cutting hair, or was there was there both? It was both. Uh, me. I actually thought I was going to be a barber or own salons, and I might end up doing that. Who knows? Uh, but it was a lot of the a lot of the hustle that was in me was initially birthed out of necessity. Okay. Uh, uh, growing up, we didn't have a lot of money. Uh, because of that, it was a necessity. Your hair is gonna grow. Yeah. Uh, it started out with my oldest brother cutting her. Okay. Well, when he left the house. Who was next? And her got out of control. <laughs> <laughs> my dad cut my hair one time. Oh my goodness! Listen, man, that was the worst. <laughs> I was, I looked like it wasn't pretty. Listen, I like I had mange, so at that point, I just went and picked up the clippers and just cut it all off. Uh huh. Started and just started from there, uh, and just honed the skills at that point. Yeah, just really honed the skills. Uh, and then from there, just con- continue to develop. Even to this day, I still watch YouTube videos about her, and it's it's crazy. I like uh, women's hair, uh, men's hair, how to condition it, how to uh, strengthen it, and make it grow. Like I f- just fascinated with it at yeah. this point. So yeah, I'm looking at your beard. It looks well uh, manicured. Like it's you take good care of it. Like you got some oil on it or something. It looks really no. Healthy. That's just just that's radiant. Good. Just right in. <laughs> Looks really good. I <laughs> no, I got some oil. I got some wall on it. Hey man, stop! Don't do that. It looks, it looks good. It I'm looks sorry, good. y'all. For, for those who are, I'm sorry. For those of you who are listening, you might want to jump on YouTube to see this if you want to see this man's. You all see that beard? Listen, That's, man, man it looks, it's popping. It, it's popping. It so. Man. Uh, so yeah, so I hear you say, man, entrepreneur as a young as a young boy, yeah, start hustling, cutting grass out of necessity. Some of these things happen because of financial reasons, absolutely. Whatever. But then also the necessity of you need to groom your own hair, yeah. not having the money to do that. But then you learn, man, I can make some money off this, right? Right. I, again, <clears throat> naturally, um, naturally, I was I'm an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was kind of, it was, I think for me, it was, it was, uh, a perfect storm, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, because we did not have certain things growing up, uh, it, it forced us to get out and explore and have to, mm. uh, either figure things out or, uh, just explore what we what we were talented in or explore the the avenues of us figuring things out of okay if if we want a haircut if we want the yard mode if we want this or or that if uh i remember in uh i believe it was eighth grade man that's when the white case west came out i was in eighth grade that's when everybody was rocking the white case west yeah yeah and i wanted me a pair of white case west but i knew my parents wasn't gonna have uh money to they didn't have money uh for stuff like yeah. that and so 
you know, going back to school, you had to be fresh. Yeah. And so I was like, man, I'm going to give me some uh, white K-Swiss. So uh, that summer I, I was cutting grass and uh, doing my thing on the lines. And uh, it was it was actually crazy because my oldest brother, he was telling me, he said uh, beforehand, before I bought them, uh, he was like, man, just save your money up uh, and then I'll take you to go get some whenever before school starting. So I remember, you know, uh, saving my money up. <clears throat> and when it actually came time to go school shopping, man, I had, I'm definitely thankful I had more than enough money to not only buy all of my school gear, but buy me a couple pair of case with. So that was, I, I, that was probably one of the, uh, the biggest highlights at that point. Yeah. You know, just since that time, I've just been running. Just the so. pride, you know, just something yeah. in you to feel like, man, I can. Right. I can make some stuff happen. <clears throat> right. And that, I think, you know, as a as a kid, having that victory, mm-hmm. uh, it 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 gives you a sense of confidence uh, that, you know, if, if I really buckle down, I can accomplish anything yeah. that I want to. So For, At that moment, do you think – Today you're still an entrepreneur. You own mm-hmm. a business. Mm-hmm. Do you think at the, during that time you were learning some of the stuff to be able to do what you do today? Because now we haven't really talked about this. You can kind of share what you do and the work you do. Mm-hmm. But now you're not just taking care of yourself. You have employees. Mm-hmm. You got to make sure that you meet payroll. Mm-hmm. Some of that same that you felt that in eighth grade for me to get these shoes or my clothes, mm-hmm. I got to go make this money. Yeah. It's no different than today, right? <clears throat> Tell about the work you're doing and what that looks like. It's no different than today. And I'll share a little bit with you. <clears throat> so initially we started out as a cleaning company. Now we're a full facilities management company that encases uh, cleaning, floor care, glass care, landscaping and construction. Um, uh, that grew out of <clears throat> a necessity. Initially, again, we started off as a cleaning company, and a lot of our clients were, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do this? Well, one thing that I'm thankful for uh, in my life is being able to develop my problem-solving skills. Mm. And so for me, I don't really see problems. I see more opportunity mm-hmm. than problems. Uh, so if you ask me to do something, I may not know how to do it, but I can figure it out. <clears throat> and so because of just that mindset, uh, as my customers would uh, approach me about different needs in the facilities, I would just go to work on uh, figuring those solutions out. And out of that, we were able to evolve our uh, cleaning business into a facilities management company. So that's one thing. <clears throat> Because I can't sit still, <laughs> uh, whenever I got free time, I look at uh, what other business I could do or how I could help somebody else out. And <clears throat> I think that really uh, evolved my mentality uh, from um, stop, I stopped thinking about money from the, from the standpoint of I need to get money. Two, if I want to make more money, I need to help as many people as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. So that's really ultimately, ultimately at this point in my life, and I'm thankful for it, I can look at how many people can I help in my lane. So mm-hmm. I look at what I'm good at. If I'm good at making money, now I look at 
how many how many people can I help? How many people can I get involved or network with to uh, to where I'm helping them reach their goals or dreams? Mm. Uh, and that's that's ultimately what I do now. And that just constantly has me either evaluating uh, business, consulting in business, or opening up another or other uh, businesses. Hence the uh, logistics or independent courier business mm. and day trading podcast uh and then i have some other business ventures uh that i'm currently in conversation with about uh partnering with a, yeah. a couple of different businesses so that's cool so <clears throat> so you said something earlier about uh seeing it as an opportunity yeah is that something that you feel like so i'm 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 a big believer that in order for us to continue to thrive as a city or a community, mm-hmm. we got to really start investing in our young people. Um, and, and oftentimes that investment is kind of teaching our young people to see things from uh, uh, the aspect of it being an opportunity mm-hmm. and not in a, a negative way, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, man, there's nothing to do in our town. Okay, well, That's a great opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. So ha- is that something that you can teach? Or do you think that's something that you just naturally did no, you learn that, or did you naturally get that? It's definitely something that can be taught. Uh, how you have to teach it, though, is you have to make an assessment of where they are in their in their head. Uh, after the initial assessment, then you go into reprogramming. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you if you see something as a problem, then that's what it'll be. But if you can change the narrative and uh, start seeing opportunities, uh, then instead of running from problems, you'll actually run towards them because you'll welcome opportunities to sharpen your skill set. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and to grow resources, from what I'm hearing you absolutely. say, absolutely, like, man. If I see I see this as an opportunity to be able to grow resources in order to help other people, <clears throat> absolutely, the things that they want me. Um. Again, Trenton and I, Trenton Williams and I talk on a daily basis. And one thing that I've discovered is anything you need in life, the the resources are always around you. It's mm-hmm. just it's just a, a matter of you understanding the resources and using the resources not only for your benefit, but to benefit other people. If those resources are not in your, under your own home, they're definitely within your sphere of influence. Uh, And even if they're not in your immediate sphere of influence, it's just a matter of networking outside of your sphere of influence to uh, see what resources are available uh, to you. Can you give me an example of what that looks like? Absolutely. And this is a, uh, this is a real life experience. Yeah. Uh, a buddy of mine called me and he said, man, I, I only got $300, uh, to last me to the next pay period. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make my ends meet. That was his problem. That was his problem. But for me, it was an opportunity. Mm. So I began to coach him financially. So I said, well, what do you have in your home to sell? He started laughing. I said, I'm serious. What do you have to sell? He said, well, man, I think I have an old stereo system. I can sell it. I said, okay, sell it. 
I said, let's see if we can double your money before a pay period. Mm-hmm. Go from 300 to 600. Will that help you uh, make ends meet? He said, absolutely. The same guy wants to be a business owner. Mm-hmm. So we we ran a scenario that happened to be a real scenario for him. So I said, okay, uh, sell the stereo. I said, in fact, I have two couches uh, that I want to sell. I said, they've just been sitting in my house. I need to sell them. I'm not doing anything. If you come take pictures of them, post them, sell them, I'll split the profits with you. It, the least amount you'll make is 100 maybe $200 off of them. That's you doubled your money right there. I said, what other things do you have to sell? He said, nothing. I said, well, let's look at your skill set. You make cookies and uh, cakes. He wants to open a bakery. Mm-hmm. I said, you make cookies and cakes. It's no excuse of why you don't have a, a why your business is not open now. I said, jump on social media. Facebook and start advertising. I say you don't necessarily need a brick and mortar to have a bakery, yeah. especially today. Yeah. Uh, so I I told him to get on social media uh, and start advertising cookies and cakes. I gave him a uh, uh, a marketing tool uh, that he could actually go out and market with, and immediately his bakery was uh, birthed. He has two kids. He could teach one of his kids how to market the other kid how to bake and he he handles the sales so he has he he's doing sales one of his kids is doing marketing the other kid is doing the baking yeah that's a business right there yeah. <clears throat> at that point uh <laughs> yesterday he called me and said uh he's already doubled his money so he went from uh the 300 to 600 before pay period mm. The lesson in that was one problem solving, unlocking the genius between your ears. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing was, we did not uh, go get another job or do anything like that. It was just a matter of making a, an assessment of the resources that he had that he could sell off, and then the resources, the renewable resources that he had, which was himself, mm-hmm. which was his skills to bake, taking those resources. And applying those things to one launch his business, but then also to double up his his money. Now that was birthed out of necessity, uh, but now if he does that right, that'll take him from uh, necessity to hopefully excess, and uh, uh, put him in a situation to where he could now help other people. So. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Now it's it sounds like from. The, the things that you've mentioned from your your uh, entrepreneurship uh, to helping folks, mm-hmm. that's a lot, right? Mm-hmm. How, how do you go about managing your day? Do you have some routines or yeah. what does that look like for you? So <clears throat> the good thing for me is my, my schedule or my days differ. No day is the same, uh, which I can appreciate that if I had to get up and do the same routine every day. Uh, that would probably be a challenge for me. Yeah. So uh, my days differ. One day I could work overnight from maybe six o'clock in the afternoon to eight o'clock the next morning. It just depends. Uh, next day I may not have to go to work at all. The next day I may get up at three a.m. 
Um, and so because of that, just that fluctuation in my schedule, I've learned to be comfortable with uncomfortability. Mm. I think in this is this is just a side note in creating wealth uh, or chasing your dreams. I think that is something uh, to to speak about is getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm. Yeah. A lot of people don't uh, appreciate that or understand or even like that. You know, if you push somebody uh, past their comfort zone, a lot of people shrug back. But that's something that I welcome is, you know, I'm 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 OK with being uncomfortable. So if I have to get up at three in the morning to uh, jump on the stock market to do some day trading or uh, to read a book, I'm fine with that. Uh, if I have to. uh, uh spend eight hours just doing sales and marketing or just learning something. I'm okay with that. Or if I have to go out and uh, train somebody or hustle up some sales, I'm okay with all of that because um, one, I, I, I would say I'm a student. So I'm, I'm constantly looking at opportunities to learn something new or uh, uh, further develop my craft. Uh, then the other thing is just, Again, just being uncomfortable. I know that if I'm if I'm complacent or if I get to a point where I'm too comfortable, uh, <clears throat> I don't feel like that I'm I'm pushing myself to whatever my next level is. So, mm-hmm. so in, in in some of that uncomfortable being uncomfortable, would that kind of go back to when you ask the young man like, what do you have in your house that you can sell? Like sometimes there may be something in our house for sale. We just don't want to let go of it, even though it's not a need. Mm-hmm. So now we feel a little bit uncomfortable about letting something go. Mm-hmm. Like in that, because I think to be a hustler, let's just say, let's just call it what it is. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing hustle. Mm-hmm. And and I think, uh, and in that hustlers know like, it's not about having stuff that I want, but it's about first meeting the need. And so I'm willing to let go of the thing that I want in order to make more. Absolutely. Because then you can have that, that overflow, if right. you want to say it, if you're right. willing to kind of live in that in that place of just like, I, I can sleep on the floor. Like I tell people all the time, like, I don't need a bed or anything. I sleep on the floor. Like, <laughs> I grew up hard. So, in yeah. in that, I'm always willing to be like, I'll take a risk. Right. Because I can live on just my needs. Right. And it sounds like that's the same way you would be. <clears throat> I, I think it is, uh, how do I, I want to say this? I think it's, it's, understanding you're going to be uncomfortable mm-hmm. period yeah if you if you get an understanding of this you're going to be uncomfortable in life period it the thing is either you're going to make yourself uncomfortable or life is going to make you uncomfortable life is going and how that happens is <laughs> if you let life happen to you you're going to be very uncomfortable. You're going to be put in situations that you don't like, that uh, are uncomfortable, that uh, uh, challenge you in in ways that maybe you don't want to be challenged in a negative way. Mm-hmm. That's that's life happening to you. That is going to again. That's going to make you uncomfortable. Or you can flip that and become the aggressor mm. and say, okay, I'm going to purposely 
get out of my comfort zone so that I can change my situation Mm -hmm. and whatever that may be. Uh, And so for me, it is, it's, it's creating a habit. Mm -hmm. And so just what I've done is as a kid, I understood uh, a level of uncomfortability that I did not want for myself. Uh, Would cutting grass have been one of those out in the heat during the summer? Hey, listen, it'll make you real. <laughs> listen, when you when you in a hundred degree heat and you you got to get it, man. Yeah, there's nothing comfortable about there's that. At nothing all. comfortable about it. Listen, it's <laughs> nothing comfortable about it. But. I'm gonna just be real. I'm just be real right now. Uh-huh. So yeah, I ain't going. What's more uncomfortable than a hundred degree heat is coming home to a home with no lights and no food in the Come refrigerator. On, yeah. yeah. So. So you're willing. Come so on. You, I'm willing to go be uncomfortable in order to make sure I'm, I'm eating. And, I'm willing to go be uncomfortable and cut. As many yards as I need to, yeah. to make sure that the lights is on in my home and I got food in my ice box. Yeah. So, so if you lost everything right now, could you go to McDonald's and flip burgers? Man, in a in a New York <laughs> minute, man. Listen, and I I think the the thing is we have we have over fifty people on on our staff. Yeah. Now is that is that full time contract? Is there a mix of that? It's a mix. Okay. It is a mix. Um, but and just to help people understand, like. Because I, I think sometimes people can say that, but I really want people to understand, like, it it doesn't all look the way that people think it does. Meaning, like, I may be paying 50 people, but that doesn't mean that they're all on my payroll in the sense of, like, their contract, meaning tax purposes, things of that nature. 1099 is different from, yeah, W-2s. you know, W-2s. Right, no, we, so we have 50-plus something on our payroll that, Consistently gets a check every yes, two weeks. Yeah, yeah, but it uh, could be a mix of ten ninety nine and correct. Yeah, correct, absolutely. And that, was, which I could speak about that too. Uh, that was something I had to get an understanding of. Is business comes and looks many different ways. Yes, it looks many different ways. That's a different like, podcast. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> it, it can look, you know, like today I'm in a hoodie and sweats. Yeah, it can look like suit tie. Yes, man, it can look in so it can it can come in so many different facets, man. Uh, I had to overcome uh, the stigma of to conduct business. You have to be. You have to look professional. You have to uh, act a certain way. You have to look a certain way and speak a certain way to to the point of now I'm just like, hey, man, I'm comfortable. I'm I'm, I'm comfortable in who I am to where I can go out. I feel like, hey, man, I can can sign a million-dollar contract just like I'm dressed Uh because I've done it before. So I'm like, man, you know. I, and the reason I, I even bring that up is I, I feel like it's important for people to understand, especially young young people, to understand you make the narrative. You don't have to fall in line with uh, the uh, the status quo. Yes, the 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 picture that has been uh, painted, painted of business. Yeah. You can actually you can actually change the narrative. 
the the thing that does it is the whatever you're providing make it quality yeah make make that quality whatever whatever it is you're doing make that quality and you be a quality person focus on the relationship and not the the actual business or the sale of the business and people are attracted to that Mm -hmm. so whether you come in in a shirt and tie or a hoodie if they now you don't want to just come in hoodies all the time because you know you dress accordingly but uh, don't think if I don't have a shirt and tie or uh, some slacks that, you know, I'm not going to get the business or people are not going to want to do business with you. One thing that I've learned is money likes making money, mm-hmm. period. And so if you have a good uh, product and uh, you are as polished as you can possibly be when presenting that and it makes sense, yeah, yeah. people are attracted to it. So. Yeah, it's not a yeah, I was at a conference speaking uh, last month, and uh, when I walked in, I walked up to start getting my uh, PowerPoint together and all that, and the guy walked up to me, and I'm with the guy who, who booked me for the event, and mm-hmm. the guy comes up to me, he's like, oh, I didn't know it was Casual Friday, because I just wore the same thing. I just had on right. my black hoodie, I had on my black pants, <laughs> right. I had on my red socks, right. I had on some sneakers, That's funny. and I had on my stocking cap. Yeah. That, the audience had on suits and ties. Right. And the uh, event planner was like, well, man, this is just how he rolled. This, we knew that before we booked him. Because the, they wouldn't want me to be in a suit. They want the information that's in me. There we go. You know, and, and that they knew that I'm capable of presenting. Right. And so then afterwards, the guy comes up to me. He's like, he says this to me. He's like, man, I've never seen anybody um, take uh, control or, or navigate a room full of, because it's a full room full of city managers the way right. that you had, you right. know? And so, because I was just being me. Right. Now, if I would have came in there in a suit and tie, I would have felt a little uncomfortable. That's, I wouldn't have been me. Right. So, they wanted the best me. But in the same sense, we're saying, like, I'm I'm aware. I ran for office. Right. And so, I know that's a, the more of a suit and tie kind right. of get up. That was a choice I made. Mm-hmm. I could have made choices like, now nah, I don't want to do that because I don't want to put on a suit and tie. Mm-hmm. And, and oftentimes, people need to understand, you have you can yes or no it. Mm-hmm. You can either say, yes, I want to play that game, or no, I don't want to play that game. Right. And go find the game you want to play. Right. Don't feel like you have to go down that. It's kind of like college or not, no college. Right. You don't have to go to college. Right. But have a game plan. Have have some type of plan. Yeah, right? yeah. Have Are you going to flip burgers? You right. You going to cut yards? Right. You going to grow a business? You know. Right. And so, and that's what I'm hearing from you. And so, can you kind of tell us some of the things, like, just in this basic form, like, for that person who's saying, hey, I want to go start a business. Yeah. What would be like the three to five things you would say you need to be consistent in doing these things? And that, there could be a lot of them. But just give us three to five of them. Like, be consistent in doing this to achieve the win of becoming your own boss. Uh, one thing is you you have to plan. Mm. Uh, so many people fail just from the lack of planning. And it's not that you're going to be able to plan for everything or uh, have it all figured out. Uh, one thing that I tell uh, people when talking to them about a business is it took God seven days to create heavens and earth. He didn't do it in he didn't do it in one day. Yeah. He didn't just he didn't just put out a finished product. Yeah. So if he has to develop something, yeah. 
who are you or yeah. who are we to <laughs> not you. have to that yeah. that we can just put out a finished uh-huh. product from yeah. the inception of something. Yeah. It just doesn't happen like that. So uh preparation is key. Preparation is definitely key. Uh problem solving. One thing, another thing is not getting stressed out, man. Uh just being able to manage uh your stress level and divert that uh negative energy into uh or convert that negative energy into some positive energy that you can do something with. So I think uh preparation, stress management, uh Um, constantly being a student, even though you have, even when you roll out with your business, just constantly, uh, look to put out a better product or what can you do? Ask yourself and answer, Hey, what can I do to make this better or take this to the next level? Or what's my next step? So Mm -hmm. just constantly, uh, being a student and challenging yourself to, uh, be the best you can be daily. Uh, my wife, she often looks at me and she says, I, I feel like you, you're hard on yourself. You're too hard on yourself at times. But something I had to tell her is if I'm not hard on myself, then who will be, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. for me, I, I'm not one to wait until life is hard on me because something I've learned is, uh, energy and effort. You're going to you're going to spend energy and effort either being successful at something or failing at something. You're still going to put out energy and effort. And what a lot of people don't understand is it's the same energy. You actually exert more energy and more effort when you're playing catch up or when you're coming from behind or when you're uh, coming from a position of life happening to me opposed to you have happening to life you're exerting more energy and effort because you have stress and immediately when you start stressing you typically make bad decisions out of a stress mm-hmm. a stressful situation opposed to uh case in point if you have a bill due well if you created the bill you know it's you know you're going to have to pay it mm-hmm. because you created it well if you don't have the money for it, you you can either not create the bill or you can say, I know this bill is is the payment is going to be due for it because I created it. Well, I don't have the money for it now. How can I go out and get the money before the, the bill mm-hmm. is due? Mm-hmm. Again, it's it's about energy and effort. <laughs> You're going to expand energy and effort uh uh to figure that bill out. The thing is you can either be proactive or reactive in doing it. Just in my uh, experience, if you are reactive, uh, it tends to come back and uh, bite you even harder. You 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 have uh, stress, uh, bad decision making, and just out of those two elements alone, you you do what I call missteps, which are if you make a bad decision, now you got to come back and combat that bad decision with another decision. Well, if you're in a reactive state. How many negative decisions are you going to uh, make before you make a positive decision? Mm-hmm. Well, if you are the aggressor and you say, okay, I'm going to attack this bill or attack this situation uh, before it happens, uh, 
Now you have time to process your thoughts. You have time to put together a game plan uh, because the stress level is it's a different type of stress. Uh, it's you putting pressure on yourself opposed to a situation putting pressure on you. You can control the narrative at that point. So mm-hmm. that's good. That's good. So so those are, so your five right things just kind of uh, I just want to reiterate them: mm-hmm. planning, mm-hmm. problem solving. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said managing your emotions. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, that's uh, good. Learning, mm-hmm. and then uh, work on being the best you possible. Absolutely, yeah. And, and all of that's built around some type of product or service that Correct. you have, right? Like you got to have those two before you Correct. even start thinking about mm-hmm. how do I go about doing these kind of things. Now, here's another thing that you've mentioned quite a bit is marketing and sales. Mm-hmm. Can you give us three right things to be consistent in to be the best marketer or salesperson? <laughs> I don't know if I'm the best. But what are some things that you've learned to be consistent in in order to be the best you at sales? First, know your product okay. or service. Me, I am, again, I'm a student, and so I'm going to tell you you should be the best at the service that you're providing or the product you're providing. And that just that just comes from being a student. When you when you feel like you've you've mastered it or you you learned all you can learn. I'm sorry about that. Uh then at that point, what's the next step? How can you continue to develop that product or service or uh, add to that product or service? Mm-hmm. And that just becomes, that's from just being a store. So know the product or service, the ins and outs to a, to a T. Mm-hmm. What I look at is whether you're a trash man or, or a doctor, be the best. So if, if, you're, if you uh, pick up garbage for a living, no one outside of your your field should be able to tell you. And this is just, of course, my opinion. Yeah, 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 yeah. Should be able to tell you more than you know about it. So, yeah. case in point, if I'm a garbage man, I'm going to be able to tell you. Every, I'm gonna be able to sell you on why I should be picking up your garbage. Yeah. Uh, so know your uh, product or service. That's going to breed confidence. Mm. Confidence sells. Mm. Confidence in itself sells. If if I'm selling you a, a water, if I come in here now, I I don't necessarily have to know anything about this water. But if I'm confident, man, listen, you're gonna drink this water. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna buy this water just yeah. just off of the confidence. Yeah. So. Uh, Again, that confidence comes from knowing your product or service. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, just in, in in selling and marketing, you want to know your uh, your uh, your product. You want to be confident. You want to know uh, your targeted uh, audience mm-hmm. or your uh, demographics. Mm-hmm. You want to understand, have an understanding of what marketing does and what sales does. Mm-hmm. Uh, marketing. Uh, uh, strengthens your brand, gets you brand recognition, uh, creates. That's the vehicle that drives sales. Sales brings in the dollars. So, just having an understanding of those things, uh, and then having a a differentiating factor. What makes you different from the competition? Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, that's good. So, 
That's good. That's mm-hmm. good. Being able to ask and answer questions like that, I think, help you uh, in your sales and marketing and developing that platform. I love it. I love it. Well, man, how can people learn more about you? How, how do they follow your business or your website, social media? Well, we are we're actually redeveloping our website uh, now, uh, George. Okay. Shout out to cousin George. Okay. He's developing that for me. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm not really on social media uh, personally, uh, but uh, along with our website, uh, I'll give you the information for our uh, business page and all of that at a later date. Okay. Uh, outside my cell phone, that's the best way to. <laughs> That's, I'm. I keep it simple, you, you man. Just old, you just old school, I man. I keep it simple, man. Listen. Hey, do you use any apps to, uh-uh. for work? I just write on a pen <laughs> and fat. Nah, we uh, we do use apps for work. What app? What's what's the app or two on your phone that you use on a regular basis? Oh, I use my note. I use my notebook. Okay. I faithfully use my notebook. Uh-huh. Uh, you use a Note Nine too, so yeah. Our Note, you use the Note phone, yeah. Whatever. So you use your stylus to be able to right. Are you? Uh, so I'm okay. constantly taking notes on okay. that. I have a voice recorder on my phone. I use that all the time because you are old. So you I just am. voice record and I just am. write, and <laughs> like everything else, forget all that other stuff. And I got a old school tablet, man. Listen, I I keep the paper papyrus, keep papyrus in a <laughs> in a pencil. I, I, man, I, I love it. But again, it's not. It's let me. I, I feel like it's important that I say this. Okay. It's whatever you need to do that makes you comfortable. That's good. It. I think people forfeit that to to keep up with technology. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with technology. I absolutely utilize technology in my business. But for me personally. In order for me to be as creative as I am and as uh, uh, versatile, I have to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. That's where it starts with me yeah. is I have to be comfortable in that. Yeah. So I'll forfeit some certain levels of uh, comfortability uh, uh, and be uncomfortable in certain areas. But certain things, I, I it's, it's, it's a habit. It's... It, it's, it's how I grew up. I grew up with a pen and paper. Yeah. And so I just keep a pen and paper. I keep my, uh, and I, I was, I would say I've upgraded because now I use my phone. Who has a stylus. And my stylus. That's right. <laughs> Which is that, probably, you can't get no more advanced than that, right? <laughs> Which is... Which at this point is probably outdated. <laughs> no, the note is still, but the that's still what, killing the game. But that's what's for me, man. That's what's for me. Yeah, so yeah, that's I, good. I, I just I say, okay, you know what? This is good for me. I, I jot my notes down Yeah. when it's time for meeting. You know, everybody, like my staff, they, they have uh, the tablets. and They taking uh, notes like that and doing what they do. Me, I'm with the... I'm flipping through my papers. Hey, that's what we're talking about today. Oh, man. Listen, we be on it. But that's what's good for me. No, I like that. that Essentially what you're saying is you you, you have found what works best for you. Right. And I think everybody should and not try Mm -hmm. to go – with uh, what what's the most popular, right? Like whatever's gonna make you the most productive, and so I appreciate that, and uh, I appreciate you being willing to uh, come and hang out with me and, and share a little bit of your story and the work that you do. 
which you're doing. Uh, it sounds like you're doing a fabulous job. And so uh, continue on. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for, again for hitting that play button. And as always, as always, ladies and gentlemen, go win. Thank you.